everybody welcome back to the board and browsing podcast i'm your host danny and as always i'm joined by my co-hosts samson and sean hi i'm sean hello i am samson martin of the board and browsing podcast (laughs) so today we are doing powerhouse action movies now what that means is it's one person who is absurdly strong or just able to take down everyone else and like really in control of the situation versus the world. So when we were looking at it, because action is just like this huge, overwhelming genre, we wanted to like narrow down the movies into very specific fine tuned areas. Just so if we were going to do another ranking episode, we would be able to include other action movies. So these that we're doing today are movies that have usually about one main protagonist who's kind of like the center focus of the movie and everyone's kind of going after them uh this also means that there's going to be no comedies no spy films and limited to one superhero movie if any because superheroes tend to fall under the like powerhouse action hero Uh, but i i could go first with my uh i only have one honorable mention at the moment yeah take it away uh i have for my honorable mention logan the uh Wolverine movie that was based on, you know, kind of an offshoot of, uh, like an offshoot story in the comics about, you know, a future where Wolverine is old and everything has kind of gone to shit. And I think it is just a fantastic action movie. It's so much more violent than, like, anything else tied into the X-Men, like, X-Men, the X-Men canon, (laughs) X-Man canon. And I, you know, I think it just is a really solid action movie, but I did put it in my, um, I did put it in my honorable mentions because like you were saying, you know, so many superhero action movies, uh, that, you know, I kind of edged it out a little bit just to give everything else a little bit of space to breathe. Yeah, I totally understand that. Logan is my honorable mention as well. It's just, it's a fantastic superhero film in general. And I really loved sort of the dynamic between Logan and Laura and Professor Xavier in that movie. And I think it just does it super, super well. It's very well written, especially for an X-Men film. I think when you take that into consideration and you watch it, you're like, holy shit, this is actually like a pretty solid movie. I don't know, though. There wasn't any time travel. So like, was it actually a good X-Men movie? (laughs) You're you're absolutely correct. There's nothing I love more than watching crucial pieces of my childhood violently die in front of me too (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that's the thing about this movie like it is the end of the Hugh Jackman Wolverine era like this is theoretically his last film I can't see him actually coming back for more unless it's like a cameo and it it ties off the character art for Logan very very well so I, I had I had Logan as one of my honorable mentions and then the other one I had is Upgrade Now, this is this um, weird action film where, think Venom, how the guy kind of has like a thing inside of him, except instead of a weird goo creature, it's a little microchip that's kind of telling him what to do and allowing him to walk again because the main character was in a car accident. And it has some really awesome action shots. Like there's one where a punch is coming at him and his entire body bends all the way flat and then comes back up and kind of like shoots down and up. And it's not that great a movie in terms of story. And it's not that great a movie in terms of like 
overall shots, but there's some really, really nice action ones in there. And it made me remember it when I was trying to think of like an action powerhouse movie. That's a movie I had, um, I had heard about relatively recently and it's on my like watch list because it just looks like a really solid action movie. It is just a fun like man against the world action movie and it has stakes like there are relatively deep stakes in it. Hmm. Is that on Netflix? I feel like I've seen that on Netflix. I have no idea where it is. I saw it in movie theaters. Oh shit. It's definitely on a streaming service. Though. Yeah. I'm like I'm pretty sure I've seen it somewhere. Recently. Yeah. I just can't speak to where off the top of my head. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a while since I've actually seen the movie, but I remember it came out really soon either after or before Venom, and I saw it Venom, around the same Venom, time cuz I was like, I don't want to pay for Venom, but this one looks pretty good. Uh, Venom, Venom. Venom. <laughs> upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. That was all I had for honorable mentions. For my honorable mentions, I have um there's this really great German movie called Run Lola Run. I I don't know if any of you guys have heard of it, but um no, it's it's also kind of more classified as a thriller, which kept it from from my list. But like it's it's basically about this this woman whose like boyfriend is like in some kind of financial trouble with some bad people. And um, she has to like like sprint out of the like sprint down all the flights of the apartment and like go and save him. And like <laughs> she has to run. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like what's cool is like every single time something like something goes wrong and then they restart it from the beginning and she's like running down the stairs again it's like really visually crazy um it's really nuts um that's a great great movie though i i want to i want to give that a big old endorsement (laughs) my other honorable mention was uh snowpiercer Mm. Uh, i won't i won't go on too much on these things but um also crouching tiger hidden dragon slaps as does eep man um, both of those movies are fantastic. Uh, both really, really good, uh, martial arts movies. Highly, highly recommend checking the two mm. of those out. Yeah. Uh, you also, I just, uh, remembered that I did have one more that I wanted to mention. Born Identity. Mm. Because I think, um, you know, I don't think the series as a whole is that great, but the first one I think is a really, uh, fun movie that, that does some pretty decent action. You know, it's got shaky cam fights a little bit, but overall I think it, you know, it has a good balance of, like, action and kind of, like, mystery and suspense. Yeah, and I think that's what you're looking for in an action movie. You want it to just be fun and enjoyable, and mm-hmm. there's, like, explosions going on, and just, like, all Don't this shit think. is flying at your main character, and that's yeah. kind of what drives the plot. Mm-hmm. So, Sean, why don't you take us away with your number five? All right, for my number five, I have Edge of Tomorrow. Which, if you haven't seen it, think Groundhog Day mixed with an alien war movie. (laughs) Um, It's really fun. And, you know, Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. But he you can't say he doesn't give a good performance. And, you know, it's it's interesting because you get to see him become the, you know, absolute powerhouse destructive force. Because the kind of hook is that he goes into battle against these aliens, but then for various reasons when he dies he gets restarted at the beginning of that day so over time it's almost like uh, we've talked about it before but it's kind of like you know a very hard video game where you know you have to learn what you know the enemies do because they'll do the same thing every time just because that's how they're programmed and then eventually you become like super great at the game and it looks like you're not even trying and it's really fun to see that with like tom cruise fighting aliens and you're like ah he's a scientologist but 
oh, he sure can wear a mech suit well. Um, and it's not, you know, the most, like, logical, time-based movies never really are. But again, you know, it just scratches that action itch. And, you know, I, 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 I made an effort. I made an effort to not put any war movies on here. Because that's all I do is talk about war movies. And I don't think this counts because it's a war against aliens, which is different. And even though it has, you know, you know, it has a beach landing scene Normandy style. But again, it's against aliens, so it doesn't count. And yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Edge of Tomorrow, real solid pick, uh, creative and action-packed. Yeah, absolutely. I think Edge of Tomorrow, it's one of my favorite movies overall because it truly feels like you're watching a video game. Like, he has a save point, and it keeps sending him back to the save point, and every time he kind of learns more about the level. Like, if you've ever played a game like Cuphead, or um, one of those where you basically, if you die, you have to go back to the beginning. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just really like the comparison of Cuphead to, like, an alien invasion. <laughs> well, no, it, it's just more like, when you've played the game Cuphead, you start out, and you don't understand the boss's tactics. You don't understand how they're going to be going forward and the different moves they're going to make. And as you play it over and over, you learn the patterns. You learn the little, like, gimmicks that you have to follow in order to beat the level. And that's very similar to what he's doing. He's learning, all right, I have to take a step over here, otherwise this thing kills me. Or I need to look backwards or move forwards over here. Like, he learns the little gimmicks of the boss fight in order to make it further in the level. Mm Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, he doesn't have the cheat codes to, like, make his head extra big and have music play the whole time. So, you know, he has to make do with what he has. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So my number five is the very classic powerhouse action movie, Die Hard. I think Die Hard just kind of captures everything that you're looking for in an action film because you've got Bruce Willis, and I feel like you need that in most of these action films, and it's just kind of like him against the world, and the basic plot is that Bruce Willis is trapped in this uh, very luxury office building for Christmas, and terrorists come in, uh, led by uh, Alan Rickman, and they basically take over the tower and he is the lone hero to try and stop all these terrorists because the cops aren't able to get there in time. And it's just, it's such a great action film and like the sneaking around in the vents and just Bruce Willis's role. And I think Alan Rickman overall, just phenomenal job from everyone involved. (laughs) And I just think like there's something so great about watching Alan Rickman's character throughout all of it and just progressively getting more and more annoyed. And I don't know, it's just really good. And it's crazy that it actually, or, you know, I should say vice versa, mirrors the plot of Cuphead one to one. Like That's what's really crazy about it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I never would have thought that they could have hollowed out his skull like that to put a bunch of, you know, coffee or tea in there, but they did. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I just, I, I don't know. It's interesting because when I was doing some research on this, I found that Die Hard actually created an entire subgenre of action. Like, this film was so impactful that there is a genre of action specifically dedicated to movies that follow under the Die Hard category. Hmm. So that's pretty, like, that has to be pretty notable. And it's also just a good movie overall. Yeah. Still haven't seen it, but it's on the list. <laughs> Samson. All right, so my number five. Oh, I actually honestly don't know which number five to do. What do you oh, mean? God. I have two. Oh, I'm going to choose one. I'm going to choose one. I'm going to go my number five. 
is, oh my God, Terminator 2. I'm going to say it's Terminator 2. Okay. <laughs> um, it's been a long time since I've seen Terminator 2, but man, I remember loving this movie. Uh, I didn't love the first one all that much, I remember when I watched it, but like this one really stuck with me. I mean, just like getting to watch like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Ooh, the robot like <laughs> beat the shit out of each other is so fun. And like, um, oh, what's her name? The the main character, just like, uh, oh man, what's her name? Um, but she's so much. She's so much of a badass in the second movie. Actually, I was just reading that. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Leslie Hamilton uh, is the actress. I actually was just reading that her uh, sister, uh, who her twin sister, who was her stunt double for the movie, passed away today. Oh wow! Oh, R.I.P. Which is crazy. Yeah, but. Um, her character is so so much more fun in the second one like she's an action hero in the second one and you know like i know it's powerhouses but like she's a powerhouse on her own uh arnold schwarzenegger's uh terminator is is a powerhouse on his own it's just like such a good movie i i think it's funny i don't know if you you all saw that clip of um there, there's an AI company that has named themselves Skynet in uh, real life. It's starting. No, no, but Samson, they said they were going to be on good. the way. They were like, no, no, we're named Skynet, but we're going to be good. Yeah, but the difference between us and Skynet is we're good. Yeah, but um, Skynet's a, a great, like, evil company. Like, I mean, like, all of it's just really good. It's great sci-fi. It's great action. It's just great, like, everything. Um, uh, like the chase scenes are fantastic. The special effects are wonderful, but um, especially I, I for when it came out, it yeah, yeah. Right? like Liquid Bot guy, man, yeah. I was oh my <laughs> that's pretty God. nuts. It's such a good movie, and, and like, I think oh sorry, oh no no, you go ahead. I was saying I think it's really underappreciated how it predicts the future of Disney, you know, like and it, you know it's not a one to one because obviously it won't be the Terminator Terminator, it'll be Mickey Bot, but. Like it's still it's still really close, and I, I think that's it's a powerful thing they've done there. Come with me if you want to live, huh? Oh, oh god! <laughs> and if you rearrange the letters of Skynet, you get Walt Disney. So it's like just hidden right in there, you know, plain sight. The purloin letter, as they say, that's a literary reference. Yeah. I know you don't get a lot of those on this podcast, but there it is. <laughs> uh, so for my number four, I have. And it would maybe be a little bit higher, but because, you know, it's it's arguable how dominant the action category is. But I have Django Unchained uh, because, oh boy, what a solid movie. Mm. And it's, it's not necessarily the most traditional powerhouse uh, because, again, you know, I, I really like powerhouse movies where it doesn't necessarily start super powerhouse-y, but by the end it's like, oh, this character is a badass. And no one is more badass than Django at the end of that movie, just being like, pew, 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 like, you're dead. Mm-hmm. And now I'm walking away from the, the plantation house. Wow, I'm giving a terrible description of it. <laughs> no, I think you're giving a great description. <laughs> I think it's just such a solid movie. Tarantino does, like, action scenes so well. And, and why I say, you know, it's maybe not necessarily top-billed action because drama is really in there. And Western is kind of like, you know, its own, not necessarily subcategory. It kind of fits into its own space. But I personally count it as an action movie because I think a lot of what Tarantino does can be defined ultimately as an action movie. But, again, you know, I, just super solid. And it's got great stakes. 
the whole way through. Um, yeah. 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 And, and I'm also a little bit of a sucker for Westerns as well when they're done well. Yeah, so. yeah. No, Django is one of my favorite Tarantino movies. That movie, it's so good. I feel like it's got similar energy to um, Inglorious Bastards. I've always preferred Django to Inglorious Bastards. Like, mm. Django just moves so fast, I feel like. And it's just, it's just, it's a really solid action movie. Yeah. Um, the, the, the violent sequences are really, really good. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a fantastic movie. Great tension. Yeah, it, it's such a shame how little Tarantino films I've actually seen because <laughs> I haven't seen Django Unchained, but I've heard incredible things about it. And the other one I haven't seen is Kill Bill. And that's one where I feel like if I had seen that movie, I would have put it on my list just because they're both like fantastic powerhouse action yeah. driven heroes, especially Kill Bill. I feel like Tarantino just understands space around characters and like how much mm. he needs to give in terms of uh, choreography and I don't, I don't know i wish i wish i was more into action movies and i'd seen more tarantino ones because i feel like those would have made my list otherwise yeah that makes sense because you know it's it's i think that's an interesting thing about directors is that until you really like dive into a specific director's kind of uh i'm thinking i'm losing the word for it here but it's like their pool of movies their their collection their Filmography? Filmography, yeah. You know, I think it's more likely that you haven't seen many or have seen most of them rather than being somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Because you either like the director and you start watching more, you don't like them and you don't watch more, or you just haven't seen really much, so you don't watch more. Yeah. Yeah. Danny, what have you seen from Tarantino? Uh, I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, I hate that movie. I, I also <laughs> didn't really hot take. like it. I really hate it. I kind of liked it, but I, I didn't love it, you know? I don't really remember what else I've seen by him. So probably not like much. off the top of my head. I'd have to look at a list right now and just pick out the ones I've seen, but off the top of my head. If you haven't, you got to watch Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I've seen Pulp Fiction. I have seen mm. Pulp Fiction. Reservoir Dogs, I think, is my favorite Tarantino movie. He's just, he's just good. He's just like, he's so good. It's, uh, it's pretty funny because, so Samson worked on this play uh, a few years back that he, he wrote on his own, and there's a huge reference in it to Reservoir Dogs, and at the time, because I had copied the play over so we could make it into a short movie, um, I didn't, I didn't understand the reference, so I went back to watch the reference it was talking about, and I was like, holy shit, this is great, so I'll definitely go in and watch Reservoir Dogs at some point. I just like the chair scene, right? Yeah, yeah, the chair scene. I I just Mm. I don't go for action movies typically. Like superhero films are the action movies I go for. It's just Mm. more not the genre I really like gravitate towards. Kind of like how Samson doesn't really watch that much anime. It's like Mm -hmm. I can enjoy it and I can find movies I'll really enjoy within the genre, but it's not like the one that calls to me. Yeah. Yeah. So uh and, and my my number four is going to be the karate kid. Now, I've been on a real karate kick lately. You've been talking so much about karate kid media. I love it. I have been talking a lot about karate, and it was actually because I've been watching the Cobra Kai series, which I will talk about (laughs) in a later episode, um, that I actually was thinking about the Karate Kid movie and just kind of how much I love it. And it is an action film. It is a drama action film. 
And one of the things I really like about it is it's just kind of this true underdog story. Like, you follow Danielson, whose life is really <laughs> fucked up, and, and, like, he's just a bullied by everyone around him, and he's taken in by this old Asian man named Mr. Miyagi, who trains him in the art of karate, and not to just kind of be violent and fighting, but more to be a, on the defense and not make the first strike. And it's just, it's a great movie overall. I think it, when you're in, like, second grade watching it for the first time and you've also just started karate and your name is Daniel, like, it, it, it hits. It hits in the field. <laughs> so so you're suggesting this movie to people who are in second grade and named No, Daniel. no, I'm talking about why I like it so much. I think, oh, yeah. I think it is a fun action film. There's a lot of great fight scenes in it and there's a lot of enjoyable, like, moments to watch. Hmm. And I think it was just because of the connections that I really liked it. But overall, it is a very solid film. And I think it's a very solid karate film. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't watch two and three. I, I would assume they're terrible because most one-off movies really are. Ooh, but what about the Jaden Smith remake? Yeah, well, that's what he's talking about. Oh, but it's not a sequel, is it? It's not. No, Karate Kid 2 and 3, I thought, were sequels. They might be, but I don't think the remake was. No. No, yeah. Samson, you sound ignorant right now. No, that was entirely different. That one was bad. That one with Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan was very bad. I honestly blocked it from my mind um, until you mentioned something. But what do you mean? It has Jaden Smith in it. I don't think that there's such a thing as a bad Jaden Smith movie. I I think that's the only way you can define Jaden Smith. (laughs) What about After Earth, huh? (laughs) I I think you're just proving your point time and time again. Wow. What about The Pursuit of Happiness? Okay, that one's that one's actually really good. I, that's I lied. Actually, a good movie. Yeah, that's a fantastic one. Yeah, I can't think of a single other movie he's in that's good. I've actually ran out of Jaden Smith movies as well. Give me a second, I'm googling it. <laughs> uh, what about uh, uh, Samson? You can start talking, and then I'll interrupt you. Oh, what about uh, Skate Kitchen? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I forgot about Skate Kitchen. I never would have made the statement that his movies are awful if I'd remembered Skate What about Kitchen. Justin Bieber, Never Say Never, you know? He's in that? Apparently. Huh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Bored and browsing. All right, so my number four is Old Boy, the mm. original Korean version. Um, Old Boy would be higher on my list if it was easier to watch but it is one of the most unpleasant movies I have also <laughs> ever seen. It's so good, and the action scenes are fantastic, but when it gets upsetting, it gets really, really upsetting. Um, and not, like, v- like visually and violently. I mean, it does, but, like, but just, like, content-wise, it can get pretty, pretty brutal. <laughs> I yeah. There's a part of it that... You know, a mistaken identity thing where something really uncomfortable happens. Am I yeah. correct? Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. It is that movie. Yeah. It's it's a dark movie. It is a very dark movie, especially the Korean version. Yeah. Oh, I, I refuse to watch. I watched the end of the American version, and it is the funniest shit I have ever seen. It is so <laughs> bad. Josh Brolin just, like, veins popping out of his neck, and he's like, no. It's so ridiculous. He's just like screaming, and it's like, oh god, and it's so bad. It does that like fucked up homophobic thing that like a lot of American movies do, do, where like the villain is very, very like he's not gay, but like hello, he's very, very much (laughs) coded as being gay, and like yeah, you call him the main character like cute. 
And it's like, mm, aren't you a tease? And it's like, yeah, ugh. it's weird. I mean, like it, it's 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 a really major problem, like uh, that that I feel like some U.S. movies have. Um, I mean, I, I've seen it in other things too, but like I, I feel like it's especially prevalent in like the U.S. I, thankfully, it's starting to go away. I feel like a little bit more, but like yeah, the yeah, it's that's that's um, it's it's a, it's something. Yeah, I mean, that we, would we be get it in without. Cuphead yeah. too, you know. This <laughs> <laughs> um, is just, uh, but um, Sean, w- would it be okay if I did my number three just so we could continue oh. this conversation? Well, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Can I? I just had one more thing to. Well, I assumed. Yeah, yeah of course. Oh, it okay. was the same movie. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what? I, I, my number three is the same film. That's why I was saying. Oh, is Old I Boy? also chose. Yeah. Yeah, I also oh. chose. Old that's Boy why he wanted three. to skip me. I yeah, that's why I was asking. I thought about you were going to go on something about Cuphead. <laughs> no, his number three is not Cuphead. I just no, peaked no, no. my audio and how emphatic that no was. Old Boy is also on my okay. list, and it's my number three, okay. so that's why I was saying if it's fine so we could continue the conversation. <laughs> yes. let's, let's go you just looked so hurt for a second, Samson. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was like, no, I'm not. Oh, go ahead, Danny. Uh, well, I was just going to say that Old Boy has one of the best, like, one-take fight sequences I think I've seen in just about any form of media. Like, yeah. the thing I would compare it most to that if you would, like, enjoy it is the Daredevil, um, like, elevator fight scene where he's in the hallway in the first season. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. I think it's one of the best action scenes that, like, Marvel has done in general. Mm-hmm. And it was really, like, it was a great way to introduce this, like, violent fighting, like, with his fists character and I think Old Boy just does that, but like on an entirely different level. Yeah, and it's so good. That's actually what I was. That's 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 actually the reason I was sad that I thought we were ending my my turn because I just I <laughs> how can you not how can you talk about Old Boy without talking about that scene? But uh, instead, it's so it was good. exactly that um, thing. And like, <laughs> um, but like D- Daredevil clearly like borrowed from that scene, and like a lot of other movies have gone on to borrow from that that hallway fight scene it's just it's so good and the daredevil really version is is fantastic too but like there's just something about that original old boy version that's so fantastic um it's yeah. just one of the best fight sequences i've ever seen it's so a quick so question it is it is so good as someone who's never seen the movie how does the boy get old <laughs> So so the whole plot is that um the dude was thrown in like I, I think he was essentially kidnapped by like his rival quote unquote and held hostage for like ten years Ooh. in a hotel. And that's why he gets old is because like when he was when he was thrown into this hotel, everything was fine and then he doesn't get freed for like ten plus years later. Yeah. Yikes. Honestly, like if you if you have the opportunity to watch Old Boy, you gotta watch the Korean version. And I know it's really difficult to find, but it's truly so much better than the Josh Brolin one. <laughs> you can kind of say that uh, about anything, really. Well, uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> but I I don't know, man. It's it's just it's such a great movie, and I also have like really fond memories of watching it because uh, mm-hmm. one of our friends at the time found like a pirated DVD of it. And brought it in, and we like had to try and find a DVD player to watch it, and it was great. Like it, it's just, it is, it is exactly what you're looking for with a powerhouse action movie because it is truly the old boy character versus everyone else. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, 
Sean, why don't you take us away with your number three? Uh, my number three is another Tarantino film. It is Kill Bill. I, and so I, I was a little quiet when you were mentioning it earlier because I was like, mm, we'll get there, but it would feel wrong to skip ahead so early. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, and, you know, Kill Bill, I think I, I like Kill Bill and Django Unchained to very similar degrees, but, you know, I have to put Kill Bill a little higher in this case because it's more cut and dry standard action. You know, it, it fits that uh, template a little bit better. And, oh, man, is there ever action. <laughs> wow. And and I know that some people, I think, prefer Kill Bill 2. Mm-hmm. But I, again, you know, a big thing for me is that progression in the movie to unstoppable status. And you don't really get that in the second one. But in the first, you know, you have that entire working up with the, like, you know, wiggle your pinky toe thing. Or not pinky mm-hmm. toe, big toe. To eventually getting to that point of killing 88 people. Yeah. You know, in <laughs> one fight, which is... And it's, it's interesting because so much of the fighting is, like, crazy, stylized, like, um, uh, not campy isn't exactly the word I'm looking for, but similar to campy in that it's, like, very much dramatized and not necessarily yeah. how actual fighting is. Yeah. Um, I, so, actually, Kill Bill was my number three, too. Oh, hell um, yeah. So, it's perfect. Um, to piggyback on that, um, I, it just it borrows so heavily from uh, Kung Fu that, like... Yeah. A lot. It's got like a lot of the. Sometimes it has like the 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 flying strings. I don't really mm, know the how wire. To, the wire. Yeah, the wires. Um, and like it has like a lot of the s- sound effects and stuff. Um, it's just so heavily influenced by kung fu movies that like, uh yeah. He just he did really create a really cool combination of like, he bar like, you know he paid homage like you know <laughs> but like he just kind of borrows from everything um kind of controversial we got in a fight about it in one of my film classes one time oh, wow. <laughs> because uh some people really think that like uh tarantino just steals shit from other people but like i feel like he just made such a cool collage of like so many different things yeah um it's just the the action is fantastic and again that the crazy 88 fight scene where she literally fights 88 people <laughs> for, like, 20 minutes uh, near the end of the, the first movie. It's just so good. It's just fantastic. Yeah, that's actually, like, the one scene I have seen because yeah. it's just, it's so well done in terms of choreography and setting and, like, camera shots as well. It's, like, it's unbelievable, especially how great a performance Uma Thurman does mm-hmm. in that scene, too, and Lucy Liu as well. Yeah. Oh, she's so good, too. Like, they're all good. I mean, the entire cast is fantastic. And I, I actually haven't seen the second one in a while. I gotta rewatch that one. Mm. I also feel like there aren't many female-driven uh, action movies. Mm. Like, there's a lot more these days, especially with Charlize Theron. I feel like she's really the pioneer for those types of movies. But in terms of, like, back in the early 2000s, I would say um, almost all of them are driven by male leads. Yeah. And then Kill Bill comes out and it just kind of not only takes the genre and does it fantastic, it's it's led by a woman. And it, it really, really is a great movie mm-hmm. from what I've seen. And it makes me wish that I had gone and like seen the full thing. Yeah. Hey, it's not too late, King. Yeah. No, I, I feel like after this, when we talk about our next episode on the podcast, I'm just going to be doing only <laughs> Tarantino films. 
Karate and Tarantino. That's all I got. I think it's pretty interesting that you, you bring up the uh, like female-led thing because when I'm thinking about it, yeah, I, I feel like there was a, a gap, and this could be speaking to my you know lack of knowledge about certain films, but I feel like there was a gap in the 90s because the 80s had a little bit. They had like Aliens. Um, when did Wait, when did Terminator 2 come out? I think it was 80s. It was 88. So yeah, it still fits into that 80s thing. I was pretty sure it did. Where, you know, in the in the oh, 91, 80s, sorry. 91. We'll count, we'll rope that into the 80s. <laughs> um you you kind of 91, get over here. You're in the 80s. Well, you know, I'll give it because uh the first one came out in the 80s. So we'll say it was building on that 80s trend. But mm-hmm. I feel like in in the 80s or you know, in that like general period of movies, you had a lot of like sci-fi slash fantasy action horror that had female leads because it's just such a trope of having the final girl. And yeah. mm. if you're having it like sci-fi action slash horror, it kind of becomes more of an action lead because, you know, if you're surviving a bunch of aliens who are just like perfect killing machines, you kind of have to be a little bit of a badass. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's interesting. You know, it's uh uh, and maybe this just, again, speaks to the fact that I need to look at more 90s movies, but it does feel like there's a little bit of a gap there until you get to yeah. the 2000s and you start, like, seeing some more. I also, just speaking on, like, the cliche of if it's a female-led story, like, they're not going to be the badass, kind of. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a TV show that I feel does a really good job of, like, subverting that expectation. So the lead like actress is the blonde Californian girl yet she is the badass slayer who's like hmm. the main character and is supposed to save the world and I think Joss Whedon did a good job of kind of subverting expectations there because you're like oh she's gonna be the damsel in distress but she's actually the one who kicks ass and saves everyone every single episode you know and I'll give credit that was uh that was 90s so. yeah yeah it was very early for when like female-led movies were actually coming out. And I, I guess you're right, there might have been some kind of drought there where Hollywood was just kind of keeping them out. But there are some really great ones. So without, like, hopefully none of them are, like, on your list and I don't want to talk over what they might be. But, uh, yeah, why don't, we, why don't we just uh continue? So Sean just did his number three. That was also Samson's number three. So I've done mine. So I guess technically I think it is Sean back to would me. go next. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so my number three is, uh, the first John Wick movie. Mm. And I've actually seen, you know, looking around that the third one often gets like really good billing in terms of not, that's kind of a weird way to put it. The, the third one is very popular is what I'm Wait, would that be say. the, your number three or your number two? I've already done my number three. Yeah. So that, cause you said my number three is the John Wick. Oh, my number two is the John Wick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my number two is John Wick, not John Wick 3. And neither of them are my number three. Anyway, um, yeah, so uh, John Wick 3, I think, is, like, really, really solid action-wise. But um, I think John Wick 1 is a little bit of the more enjoyable movie standalone. And I know, you know, you can't really take a third movie standalone. But uh, I, I think that the first one just has a little bit more of an arc to it, which is nice. Mm-hmm. While the third one is just more pure action and, man, you know, like, it just, it was so refreshing to see just a pure action movie, no, like, glitz and glamour to it. It's just hard-hitting fight scenes and Keanu Reeves and a dead dog. Like, you don't yeah. get that much anymore, it feels like. And it was the start, and it is now, a, you know, a, a series, but 
you know, at the time it was like, wow, a movie that isn't a part of an ongoing series. It's not a sequel. It's just a good action movie. Um, and it's pretty it, nice. it is a great action movie. Oh, my God. I think it, it is exactly what you want out of a powerhouse action hero. It is John Wick versus the world. And if you want to just sit back, numb your mind, and watch, like, brutal murder, this is the movie for you. Oh, so a, a classic Sunday evening for Samson. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, John Wick is my number two as well, and it is exactly what you want out of an action film. I haven't seen the later ones in the series. They're good. I, I, I probably will, but that first one, man, it starts off, like, kind of slow, and as soon as you get to, like, the ramping up point, it is nonstop action. Like, it is just Keanu Reeves going from place to place, beating the shit out of people in every location that he winds up. And it's just, it's over and over and over again where he is a badass hero. And then in, and then a Russian guy goes, Baba Yaga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does <laughs> become Baba Yaga. killed his dog! Also, Willem Dafoe's in that movie, and it just kind of goes, like, overlooked because he's so overshadowed by Keanu Reeves character like Keanu mm -hmm. Reeves and John Wick are fucking incredible yeah it, you know it's it's just so fun to watch 20 minutes of Keanu Reeves killing someone and then he says one word and it also appears like along the screen in like blue font yeah and then he kills another person and it's like ah yeah yeah and you know uh, something I, I really appreciate about it as well is that the sequels are all pretty much immediate so if you're Watching it, it's almost like if, if you watch them back to back, it's almost like no time has passed, mm -hmm. honestly, especially between two and three. It's literally like minutes, I think, yeah. if even. Um, and that's also really fun to me because it is just it's not like taking, you know, sequels that are completely unnecessary and like a stretch. It's like, no, no, here's what would probably be an immediate consequence to him killing every Russian in the United States. Yeah. Like, um, and, and then it's also pretty interesting because it's been confirmed that John Wick is going to have a fourth movie and a fifth movie, and they're going to shoot back to back. So yeah. maybe those stories are going to be tied in together. Not exactly sure. But I mean, John Wick, man, John Wick is just such a fucking great movie. I got to rewatch. It. It's been so long. It's, I really want to see awesome. two and three as well. Yeah, they're super solid. So, Samson, what's your number two since John Wick was mine? I'm really excited about my number two. I think, like, when I think of, like, powerhouse action movies, this is, like, the first one that comes to mind. Um, but my number two is Footloose. Oh, yeah! You know, Kevin Bacon moves to a new town. Um, against all odds, <laughs> he manages to get dancing legalized. With a... <laughs> and uh, at the end, he fights the bullies. He beats the shit out of, like, three people at the end. You know, which arguably is the main conflict. I, I don't know, but like he 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 settles the main conflict with action violence. There's tractor chicken. People get like almost get diced up in cars like several times. It is like he beats the shit out of a warehouse. He has to say, don't even get me started on angry dance. <laughs> he, he beats up an entire concept of emotion. Like, he just beats the shit out of the idea that men can't have feelings. You know, he just, it like, how can you say that it's normal for men to keep it inside when you see Kevin Bacon angry dancing in a warehouse? Exactly. Exactly. It, it is honestly, 
one of the most perfect acting movies I've ever seen. And according to Avengers uh, Infinity War, Kevin Bacon is the true hero of the Earth. Yeah. 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 That That's the only reference point that uh, Peter Quill's character has. So <laughs> Making illegal, making dancing illegal is a global threat. It's also how he won in Guardians of the Galaxy. Exactly. Like, he they, learned they're it like, from Let's Kevin dance Bacon. like Kevin Bacon. <laughs> he learned it from the ultimate hero. <laughs> he learned it from uh, the ultimate action hero. All I'm going to say is, like, we're all, you know, thinking 2020 is rough with political stuff and, like, you know, COVID. But where it's really going to go off the rails is when dancing gets uh, criminalized <laughs> in, in late December. <laughs> If you had that on your 2020 bingo board, ooh, baby, get ready for that. Danny, I, I know Sean's seen Footloose. Have you seen Footloose? I have not. Oh, my God. It is, it's honestly one of my favorite movies. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. Um, it's just one of the campiest, dumbest things I have ever seen, and it is perfect. It is, I got it is a this feeling. Movie. That's totally fair. <laughs> Let's not get copyrighted and move on to Sean's number one movie. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm way too uh, I'm way too good at singing. That was a close one. You're right. All right. So my number one is I think of the past ninety years, aka all film. That might be a little bit dramatic, but I think that it is a one of the movies that has the the best use of practical effects, just best car chases. Simple plot while being really effective and just super, um, oh, what's the word? Like, it, it just keeps moving. The pace is fantastic, and that is Cuphead. You know, <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> no, it's not Cuphead, but it's it's a, the movie based off of Cuphead, Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. I, this movie, oh, my God. I could I could watch it endlessly. It, it's, oh, it's it just in terms of I don't think it's the best movie ever, but in terms of an action movie, it just scratches every itch that I have. You know, it's incredible action sequences with just wild practical effects. The amount of stuff that they did for real in that movie was insane. It's like, OK, so in this scene, we want to have someone like use uh, a vaulting pole to go to another car. Like, how are we going to do this? Eh, let's just get some circus performers, paint them like uh, like crazy people and then have them do it in the desert. And it's just nuts. I you know, it's if you haven't. And what's shocking to me is how much better it is than the other Mad Max movies as well. <laughs> it almost feels like it's not a part of that series, despite having the name. I didn't even know it was a series until I saw this movie because it felt like a standalone. Yeah. It really does. Tom Hardy, even though he says, like, five lines in the entire movie, does a great job. Drive. And Charlize Theron Keep driving. is incredible in this. Like, this was, I think, her breakaway film. Quite possibly. I don't really know what she'd done. Yeah, th- that movie's great. I-, I actually, um, this was on my list originally, but I had to kick it off to make room for Footloose. Um, <laughs> which is, which I know we can all understand. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. I didn't want to put Footloose as my number one because I knew it would be somewhere on your list because you're such yeah. a good advocate for it. Um, but, no, I mean, again, like, the, the practical effects are just incredible. And, like, the visuals and I feel like the the coloring um, yeah. is, is really, really solid. Um, the editing is fantastic. Everything, like, from a, you know, technical aspect, it's just it's just phenomenal it's so good 
it has the feel to me of one of those movies where everyone who was working on it was super into it. Yeah. You yeah. know, like like a real passion project. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking at the movies she was in, and I'd say a majority of her like most popular movies, or at least most notable ones, took place after 2015. Yeah, like, there's so a couple before there, but for the most part, like, her big breaks were after this movie. And in a way, you know, you could even maybe say that it was Tom Hardy's breakout, and you're thinking, what the hell are you talking about? But it's the first movie where you can actually recognize him as Tom Hardy, <laughs> um, where his, he's not covered by a mask or a bag or getting killed. Oh, my God, or, she was in Hancock. I thought I, I straight up thought you were going to say Footloose, and I was about to <laughs> lose my mind. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to lose it. <laughs> oh. But but anyway, yeah, I think um, Mad Max Fury Road, fantastic movie. If you haven't seen it, try to watch it on the biggest screen you possibly can with the yeah. volume turned up as high as you can because yeah. it, it's just an experience. It's really good, man. Mad Max Fury Road is awesome, and I love Nicholas Holt's character in that where yeah. he just, like, chugs all the silver. Mm. Oh. Shiny and chrome! Yes. It's just, it, it like... If you're looking for just a straight up action movie, like this is it. This is this is top of the line right here. Mm-hmm. And the, the, you don't even have to like un- listen to anything because he literally just goes like, "You drive, we shoot them, yeah, go." And yeah. I just did all of his lines. <laughs> cool. Uh, but Danny, what do you have for number one? I, it, we know it's not Footloose, but so yeah, I, I was about to say like. Uh, understanding that Footloose is truly an action film. Um, my number one's Dirty Dancing. Uh, oh! <laughs> no, nah, no. My get that shit out of here, take. My, my actual number one is Gladiator. Nice. Mm. Gladiator is a long movie. I will, I will say that. So, forewarning, <laughs> if you've never seen Gladiator before, but it is a long one. It the is. reason I think it's the best action movie is because it's so heavily story-driven, and it's not just, like, straight-up fight scenes, but it is a powerhouse action movie. Like, Russell Crowe is truly against the world in this. He's lost his family, he's lost his position, and it's all about how he's trying to get revenge and make amends for the loss of his family. And it's just, oh my God, I think it's beautifully done. And I love all the fight scenes in it. I love every minute that they're in the gladiator pit. Like, that feels like some of the best action that was done in that time frame. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's great. And I think Joaquin Phoenix also does a phenomenal job as an antagonist. Like, he's so compellingly awful to watch, and you just hate him. And I think... When you're trying to do an action movie, you want an antagonist that you hate. You want an antagonist that makes you really, truly root for the hero because that's their job. And I think Joaquin Phoenix and Russell Crowe do an excellent job to play that dynamic. And I'm a huge fan of this movie. Hmm. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen Gladiator, but it, it, it just, yeah, it's. I, it's it's strange because there's there's a sh- this is a little, a little there's not that many movies that take place like in that time period like that mm-hmm. Roman Colosseum you know uh, gladiatorial time period and I think it, it's really like the best movie that does that second only to uh, Gods of Egypt mm. um, <laughs> but yeah. it, and it it really is it's it's compelling 
the story really feels like important because it's so important to uh, Maximus, right? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, it is Maximus, and it it never it also never feels like too unbelievable from what I remember at least. Yeah, it it's just it's such a great film about like this man's life is completely unhinged and all he has left is that he can fight and it's just uh i i really truly love it and it's 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 such a tragedy too because you know it came out or or like in time period in that era footloose didn't exist yet Mm, so he didn't know he didn't know that he could have danced and that's the real tragedy. He probably could have brought his family back to life if only he knew about dancing. It also has one of my favorite like movie quotes of all time, which is, are you not entertained? Mm. Oh, oh, my God. When he's just classic. shouting that at Maximus, or uh, he's shouting that at uh, Com- Commodus, who's watching yeah. Phoenix's character. Are you yeah. not entertained? Yeah. But Samson, why don't you wrap us up with your number one? All right. So the only movie that Footloose couldn't beat out is Die Hard. I I, couldn't, <laughs> I I I I I considered doing it and I couldn't bring myself to do it. Die Hard is the greatest action movie ever made, and um, I stand by that. It I really really love Die Hard one. Danny already talked about it, um, so like I won't go too much off about like what makes it fantastic, but like just the the how how contained it is is really fun. Um, and just watching um, you know the cat and mouse of like. Uh, Bruce Willis like climbing through air ducts and climbing up the elevator shaft and like um, <laughs> you know and, and like evading these terrorists and just like is is so fun it is just ridiculous it is wonderful um, Alan Rickman plays such a good villain Hans yeah. Gruber is just like such a memorable villain and like the the showdowns the final showdowns too between him like between uh, Bruce Willis and like you know the main terrorists are also so fun. There's such a good build-up to it. You know, it's it, it really is truly, I feel like, a perfect action movie. Um, it, it's it's just mm. it's just perfect. It's just so fun. Yeah. And um, it, it's a little bit long, um, which do, I do feel like it makes it drag a little bit in places. But, um, man, like, I, I just don't know if I can think of any action movie that, like, I love even close to as much as I love die the first die hard and it's a christmas movie it is also a christmas movie it is yeah it is it also it just has such quantifiable stakes like you can tell how much is on the line for bruce willis throughout the entire movie Mm -hmm. and it shows in his actions it shows in his in his acting and just like the way the character approaches the situations because he knows if he fails now all of those people are gonna die Mm mm-hmm yeah. yeah, well, and also, like, they set up the whole thing with, like, the estranged wife, like, right off the bat. So, you know, yeah. you, you understand that, like, part of the stakes are, too, that, like, you know, uh, he has personal stakes. He has, like, the stakes of, like, saving everybody. He has the stakes of saving himself. There, There's just, like, so much going on. There's so much riding on it. And they just do – it's just so well written. Yeah, he's got personal stakes. He's got flame-broiled stakes. He's got he's got them all. He's got the oh, yeah. entire collection of the Roadhouse. And I think, you know, it's it's worth also discussing how incredible it was that the movie was made in the first place because there was a lot working against it, uh, specifically the fact that Footloose had already came out. Yeah, yeah that's true. And that's so true. it was like, how do you <laughs> exist in this post-Footloose world? 
Die Hard really restarted the movie industry. Yeah. You'll notice that between 1984 and 1988, no movies were released because yeah. nothing could become close to Footloose I, I, until I Die know Hard. I, I know I said Die Hard is perfect, but it's really not. The, the It would have been perfect if only they had had uh, Kevin Bacon play John McClane. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, you know, but you can't, you can't blame him for that. He was yeah. busy making the Footloose sequels, so... Uh, they could have done a Nutty Professor thing and just had Kevin Bacon play every single character <laughs> in Die Hard. That, I w- that would actually be a really funny retake if they had Bruce Willis play every single character. They should do it. I'd, I'd uh, do a GoFundMe for that. I, I actually... I, I think we should start a, a movement of change that from now on, whenever we address films, it is either PF or PPF, which is pre-production Footloose and post-Footloose mm. um, in terms of a timeline for movies. So it's anything that came out before Footloose was created and anything that came out after Footloose was created. Because I feel like that's now our jumping point. I, I think this is about to really cement us as instrumental to the film world. Yeah. You know, the Board and Browsing podcast will forever go down as recognizing and creating the Footloose uh, system. The Footloose yeah, timeline. We created yeah. this after creating Big and Small. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate dynamic. I can't believe I forgot about it. We're on a roll. Yeah. Well, that's how you do that's how you do buddy movies. It's big and small. And now we've yeah. determined that Footloose is the ultimate action movie. So everything is a jumping off point from there. And yeah. and Footloose is also, you know, kind of in a way big and small. Because it's his big emotions in, like, the small world that can hardly contain. In small, actually, do do big and small in that movie. Because Willard is huge. And then Kevin Bacon's all small and scrawny. They do kind of do big and small. I I think every action movie we've listed does big and small. Like Keanu Reeves and his dog. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) And I think it's also really relevant to, to think about... And, and, and you know this this I might get some hate for this but here on the boarding browsing board and browsing podcast we're really innovators. I think that we need to consider the third or the third era second major event with the release of Cuphead. Mm. Absolutely. Because you can't say that anything after when Cuphead released was kind of impacted by both. And you can you can point out that Cuphead is just a video game version of Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> but still, that was it going into a new genre. Absolutely. Well, I feel like that's the perfect point for us to end the episode. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you Kill all it. so much for listening. Uh, this has been our action powerhouse heroes. So if you're just sh- looking for a movie that's straight up like, oh, people are going to fight. People are going to die. Like, these are the ones we recommend because they're great ways to turn off your brain and just kind of sit back and watch the chaos without realizing it's modern day events. Um, my name is Danny. I am Sean McGarry with NPR News. <laughs> and I'm Samson. And thank you all so much for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Board and Browsing Podcast, and you can follow us on Twitter at Board and Browse Pod, and we'll catch you all next time. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>